aware of and consider uh, as we think about our personal conduct. And so I believe they're really important and I think they're helpful things. And so we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 11. Verse number 11, the Bible says this, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Let's stop right there. Let's pray before we get into the, the lesson tonight. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, we, thank, we do thank you for the health and the strength and the ability that we have to come to church, Father, in uh, the middle of the week. And God, I do know there are people who uh, desire to be here and physically are, are not able to. And God, I pray uh, that you would help them and strengthen them. And God, we do thank you for our ability to be here. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me as we consider the uh, actions of other people and how oftentimes it influences our life and how many times we uh, do not even really think about that. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be aware. I pray that you would help us to uh, understand these verses, Father, and we'll certainly thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Verse number 11, as we read it, uh, great verse. You could put this verse really in either category. It could go under personal conduct of how you conduct your life. Uh, and then you can also put it in a, a category of how others would influence your life. And so let's look at it again. Uh, and this is a great verse. The Bible says, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. And... Uh, and so the Bible here gives us a great thing to consider. And I want us to, to, you can put down for that, consider our speech, uh, the things that we say and what comes out of our mouth, but what other people also say to us, because uh, that's a very important thing to consider. Jesus put it this way in the New Testament in Luke 6.45. You can just note it down. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth Speaketh, And that last phrase is what's important. For of the abundance of the mouth, or of the heart, excuse me, his mouth speaketh. And, uh, and so if you have a foolish man, as we see in verse number 11, a fool, a fool uttereth all his mind. Uh, in other words, he'll, he'll, he'll just tell you, hey, I mean, whatever comes to mind is going to go out of the mouth. Uh, somebody once told me, they said, uh, you know, before you engage your mouth, uh, make sure you let that clutch out slowly and think about it before you let it come in out of your mouth. Uh, they said, because it's really important. And uh, if we think about how this affects us from other people, uh, if you listen to wicked, evil people, uh, they will influence you to foolishness. Uh, as I was thinking about it, I, I did not catch this right off the bat, but I, as I thought about it a little bit more and went back and revisited this verse and revisited all of this uh, thought process, one of the things that did come to mind uh, was that of social media. Boy, and how it's just given a platform to so many people to spew everything that's on their mind. Uh, and, and what's really sad is, you know, words are spoken and then they're gone. Uh, in social media, they're captivated there. And, uh, and you can go back and revisit them and how 
many times people will delete them and they'll be gone. Well, they think they're gone, but they're not really gone. Uh, many times people have already uh, taken a picture of it and, and you think, man, well, it's gone. Well, it's not really gone. And, uh, and boy, putting stuff out there uh, is just something that we need to consider and we need to think about that. Not just that, but the, the, the uh, comments and the things that people say that would influence our life. That we would read those things and, uh, and that we would be uh, influenced by what other people say. And so uh, it's something really to take into mind, and social media has given amplitude to that. In other words, it's, it's allowed people to be able to uh, put more of what they say in front of a larger audience, and sometimes it's just foolish, uh, and, and it shouldn't be said. And so uh, the Bible says we can take this two ways. Of course, we can take it as a challenge to not just utter everything that comes to our mind, but also to be careful about those who would speak to us. And that's kind of how I want us to look at this tonight, is those who would, uh, that would, would, we would listen to, who you're giving audience to. The speech of a fool uh, is going to come out. And listen, many times it comes from an uncontrolled Emotion. We're not going to run through all the emotions, but one of the emotions I think that stands out more prominently when people will say something is that of anger. I mean, all of us in this room, myself included, can attest to having opened our mouth in anger and said something that we thought later, that was really dumb. I shouldn't have said that. And, and it's just, it is a easy thing to do so that at a time of anger, we would just uh, let things fly that ought not to be said. And the Bible says here, a fool uttereth all his mind. And the Bible gives us a lot of warning about angry people. Matter of fact, in Proverbs, we've covered it several times. Proverbs 14, 17 says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And it goes on to say more, but that first part's relevant about what we're talking about. Proverbs 22, 24 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, because uh, an angry man is going to allow whatever he wants come out of his mouth. He's not going to control his anger. He's not going to control his tongue. And a fool will utter all his mind. And I think anger plays a lot into that. And uh, that's one of, the, one of the emotions that so quickly uh, allows people to say stuff and, and do stuff that, that should not be said or should not be done. And so we need to be careful about uh, people who are angry and uncontrolled in that area. Not only that, but what about this? Um, sometimes people that will utter all their mind are, are people who uh, maybe hate somebody else. Or they're offended, and so therefore they want revenge for something. And so many times they will utter whatever comes to their mind about somebody. A good example of this is in Genesis 37. You don't have to turn there. You can just note it down. But in Genesis chapter 37, it's talking about Joseph. You remember Joseph in the Old Testament. And, uh, and the Bible says this. It says in Genesis 37, 4, And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak Peaceably unto him. 
There was such hatred in their heart. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so because that hatred was in their heart, uh, they just could not find themselves to speak peaceably to, your bro- to their brother. Now, I had an older brother and a younger brother. So I know what it's like to not speak peaceably uh, between brothers, all right? Now, we didn't have uh, long, long dr- drug out fights uh, because I always got bruised and I quit. And I said, that's enough. You know, we're, we're not going to keep going. And, uh, and I learned to shut my mouth. My, my brothers helped me to learn to shut my mouth, okay? Uh, but uh, sometimes... You know, if you have somebody that you've been uh, upset with or, or angry at, uh, boy, you know, sometimes if they've done something to offend you, it's difficult to be able to talk with them on a peaceful note. Uh, sometimes it's hard to be able to say stuff. And that was the case with Joseph's brothers. They could not speak peaceably about him. They could not speak peaceably to him. They could not uh, control what they were saying. And the Bible would say to us, a fool uttereth all his mind. And what I want us to see from this and the idea of this is that, listen, sometimes, uh, and this is a, a big problem in the world, is people talking about other people. And they'll, they'll come to you. And not just in the world, it happens in the Christian atmosphere as well. In the church, it happens amongst family members that so-and-so made so-and-so mad. And so instead of talking to that person that made them angry, they're going to go and talk to this person and that person, and they're going to utter all their mind. Well, he shouldn't have said that, and he shouldn't have done that, and that was wrong on his part. And and they're going to talk to everyone else. And what I'm saying is, hey, you better be careful listening to that because it's going to affect you. And when people come to you and they want to utter all their mind about foolishness, you need to shut it down and say, hey, wait a minute, listen, you know what, let's, you can do a couple things. I've said this before, you can change the topic. Man, how about those browns? They didn't do too hot last night. That's always a good opening line, no matter what happened, because usually uh, it's, it's been, uh, and they'll correct you if it's different, all right? I, I don't keep up with a lot of that stuff. Or, you know, how about the weather? Or you could just simply say, look, you know, we're not going to talk about this person. They're not here. And, uh, and you don't have to be uh, belligerent. You don't have to be rude, but you can just shut it down. And usually you say something simple like that, and people take clues, and they take hints, and they're like, oh, and they stop. But if you allow a fool to utter all his mind and all the, all the uh, poison that is in his heart, you can be sure it's going to you. Have you ever, have you ever uh, listened to that sometime? I mean, in your life, I'm sure there's been a time, I know in my life there has been a time, when somebody would say something bad about somebody else. And, and, and in your mind, you might even say, well, I don't believe that. But then you're always looking out of the corner of your eye at that other person saying, well, I wonder if he did do that. You know, and it influences your life. So if you allow a fool to utter all his mind into your ears and into your life, it is going to cause you uh, to have doubt of other people and it's going to influence you in a negative way. And so as we think about our personal conduct and those around us, hey, listen, don't let a fool utter all his mind to you. Uh, If you have control of the situation, hey, be able to shut it down uh, and be able to stop it. I'm sure that Joseph's brothers, even amongst themselves, I mean, we know that they talked about Joseph. We know that they schemed and they planned and they planned an idea. Hey, you know, when Joseph comes, uh, let's, hey, let's kill him. 
You know, I mean, that was their plan. And the other brother said, hey, when, you know, when Joseph, no, we're not going to do that. The other brother heard it. He said, you know, well, let's let's put him in a pit and and let's just try and uh, do something else. And and it still got out of control and it still went more than what he even wanted. But what I'm saying is, hey, don't don't allow that kind of stuff to continue to influence your life. You need to stop it. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter six. It talks about uh, these six things that the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him and it says the seventh thing is a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among brethren what is discord that's taking your disgruntled unhappy complaint and spilling it to the ears and hearts of other people and it will be planted there and it will grow and so we, need, we have got to be so careful about allowing that uh, in our life because a fool will utter all in his mind. Go with me to the second part of that verse. Verse number 11, Proverbs 29, 11 says, But a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. You know, he doesn't just open his mouth and allow whatever crosses his mind to come out. He, he's a little more reserved about that. He's a little careful about that. And, uh, and, and the Bible says he keepeth it in till afterwards. It doesn't give us a whole lot of details. It doesn't tell us what happens afterwards. It doesn't tell us how he handles it afterwards. But I do know this, that he'll pause long enough to consider, is this truth? Is this right? Uh, uh, I guess it was a couple years ago, um, my son would, uh, would, would, whenever somebody would say something in our house, he'd say, he'd say this, is it true? Is it edifying? Is it helpful? Then don't say it. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of truth to that. We would, we'd go back and forth and, and, and we, we tend to beat each other up with words, per se, and joke around at our house. But, but it, there's a lot of truth to that. Is it true? Is it edifying? Is it helpful? Is it something that needs to be said? I mean, if there is a problem and you need to address a person, then address a person. That's fine. But, but if you're just aimlessly spewing information about somebody else, uh, then that's usually not helpful and it's not edifying and it's not encouraging. And so you could hold it in. Uh, what about this? Not only just thinking about those things and is it helpful or is it going to edify somebody, but hey, pray about it. I remember the old, I don't know if it was a song or a saying that said, you know, you can talk about me all you want and I'll talk about you on my knees to the Lord. And, and what, a, what a great saying. You know what I mean? What a great idea. What a great thought when, when somebody would spew all their mind about you and, and, and it does uh, frustrate you or it does cause you problems. Listen, you can go to God and you can talk to God all day long in your private prayer closet, all right? I have to say that because sometimes prayer requests get out of hand and people want to give you a whole lot of information that really has nothing to do with it. Uh, but, but, you know, privately, you can take anything to God in prayer and you can talk to Him. And, and I think that's probably uh, within grounds of He keepeth it in till afterwards. Till afterwards what? Until after He's consulted God about it. And said, hey, God, you know, what should, is this something worthwhile? Is this something that would be helpful? And God, help me uh, to know what to say and what not to say. And, and if we ask, hey, God will help us. We consider it and we pray about that matter. Then what kind of people 
do we hang around? A fool will influence you to foolishness, and a wise person will encourage you to wisdom. And so we need to be careful. We need to consider the speech that we hear. Not just the speech between friends and between people that we, uh, we know, but I mean even uh, speech that's on the radio, speech that's on TV, some of the things that we watch and some of the things that would enter into our life. Because, uh, listen, there's a lot of foolishness that is in this world. We ought to guard our hearts as we think about that. So we need to consider the speech. Look with me in verse number 24, Proverbs 29, 24. The Bible says in verse number 24, Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing and bewrayeth it not. Now, not only do we need to consider speech that we hear, but we also need to consider sins effects. And sometimes we're, t- we're prone to think, well, you know, that's their sin and, and that's going to affect them badly, but it, it's not going to have anything to do with me. Whoa, whoa, let's go back and reread that verse because the Bible would tell us a totally different story. The Bible says here in verse number 24, whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. Now a thief obviously is someone who steals. And it's addressed in particular. Now, uh, there could be many things that God put in here, but he put in specifically somebody that steals. Now, maybe, uh, now we know obviously that, that stealing is a sin. That's wrong. Theft, I put down here, theft is the highest form of the get-rich-quick scheme. I mean, uh, you don't, don't work. Hey, just be slick about taking stuff uh, and, and, and lining your pockets and let other people do the work. I mean, that's kind of the idea of, of, of uh, get rich quick and take what, you, what doesn't belong to you. It's basically uh, stealing is lazy, selfish, prideful sin. You know, let other people work for it and then you just take it as your own. And it's a problem. Uh, and it certainly is a sin. Uh, but we know that. So then the Bible would say here the, in verse 24, Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. A partner is one who partakes or shares. Now maybe they would rationalize in their mind. They say, well, I know stealing's wrong. So I'm not going to steal. My buddy steals, but I don't steal. I don't do that stuff. My buddy gives me good stuff. I don't know where he gets it. I just kind of close my eyes to that. But I get good stuff from him. That's why he's my friend. And they'll rationalize and say, well, that's okay because I'm not, I'm not the one doing the stealing. And listen, the Bible says very plainly and very clearly and very clear English to us uh, that in verse 24, whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. And a partner is one who partakes or shares in that. Maybe they're not the one doing the stealing, but maybe they're lying to cover up for their buddy, or maybe they're doing some other thing uh, to help cover for that person, and, and it becomes a problem in their own life. Even though they may justify it, even though they might think that they're not stealing because they're not physically stealing, but if they're involved, then their soul is going to be afflicted by that. And their conscience He's going to say, well, you, you know it's wrong. And they're going to be battling back and forth. And the Bible says, hey, that their soul uh, is going to be afflicted. In other words, they're going to have problems. And, uh, and the Bible says this in Luke 9, 25, uh, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? And that's true. 
that, hey, listen, even uh, partaking or, or knowing of it, uh, then, then it will incriminate you and, and will cause you to be a part of it. And, and listen, those kind of people, they're always trying to involve other people so that they're not the only person that's wrong. Uh, we could go all the way back to Proverbs chapter 1 uh, when he says, when he warns them and he says, uh, My son, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And when they, uh, when they ask you to throw in their purse with them and, and do this and do that, he said, don't do it. Don't fall in with that lot. Why? Because it will uh, be an affliction to their own soul. And they'll hate their own soul. Why? Because it will become a problem. Look at with me the second part of that verse. It's a pretty clear verse. The Bible says, he heareth cursing and bereath it not. Now I thought, that first thought, we would think, well, cursing is, is bad, bad words. And, and cursing has certainly come to mean bad words to us. But cursing in the Bible, it originated as this. Uh, it means to ask for supernatural evil to befall somebody. Now, cursing, uh, that's certainly one thing that's in the Bible. The very first use of the word curse in the Bible is when God is cursing uh, the serpent. And he says, upon thy belly shalt thou crawl, and dust of the earth shalt thou eat. And, and he's giving him a curse. He's saying, listen, this is what's going to happen in your life for the rest of your life. And there's a curse on woman, and there's a curse on man. And, and all of those things are, are a supernatural evil that befell them. And so, as we think of this, understand this, he heareth cursing. In other words, that this person would wish evil on other people. Now, we can understand that's where the derivative of curse words come from. When people say curse words, they're not wishing well upon other people, okay? They're generally wishing bad upon those people. And that's really where that comes from. So the idea does hold true of, say, somebody wishing evil uh, or wishing bad upon somebody else. And, and he says here, he says, They hear cursing and berayeth it not. Now, we can understand the idea there that we should that it should be uh, exposed but the word beret I'll tell you what it means it means to expose or reveal in other words uh, he says hey they they they've done wrong and you need to call them out and say listen that's wrong that's not right you should not wish evil on those people. And, uh, and in this verse, those who uh, go together and those who run down that road together, he hateth his own soul and he heareth cursing and he berayeth it not. In other words, he would not be concerned about the evil intention of these people upon other people. In other words, hey, he's compliant with them. And even though he may not do it, he's just as guilty by being an accomplice to what they are doing. And so we need to consider sin's effect. And you might say, well, I'm not doing that, those kind of things. Good. But listen, you ought not hang around people that are like that as well. Because they will influence your life. And they will bring a, a shame and a reproach, reproach upon your life. And sin's effects always affects other people. And we can see that very clearly in that verse. Go with me to verse number 27. 
we find that it kind of gets worse. So we start out with considering speech, and then we consider the effect or the sin's effect and the effect that it has on people. And then in verse 27, uh, we need to consider the separation that ought to take place. Look with me in verse 27. He says, An unjust man is an abomination to the just. An unjust man is an abomination to the just. We'll just take and start with that phrase uh, because you understand that uh, there should be a separation there. Uh, An unjust man is an abomination to the just. In other words, an unjust man is inherently a problem to somebody who wants to do good. You picture two friends and, and they're good friends and one's a good guy and one's not a good guy. And, and this guy's always going to want to, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do this bad thing. Let's go do this bad thing. And this guy's like, uh, we can't do that. No, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. And, and it becomes a, a problem because uh, it's kind of like one road, and this guy wants to go that way, and that guy wants to go that way. They are diametrically opposed. Uh, it's kind of like uh, fire and water. They don't mix. Somebody said, uh, I, I, I always know fire water and oil, but I like water and fire. It doesn't mix either. It doesn't mix even worse than, than water and oil. It just does not go together. They cannot be in the same place uh, because they're just totally different. It's like the Bible would say, light and darkness. You can't have them together. You can have one or you can have the other, but you cannot have the same thing. Look at the second half of that verse because it says the exact the same thing in the opposite language. He says there in the second part, and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. In other words, he's this guy's saying, hey, you know, let's go, hey, let's go help the neighbor. They're, they're, they're cleaning out their yard. Let's go help them do some work. This guy's like, are, are you nuts? Let's go steal the neighbor's fruits out of their tree instead. He's saying, are you nuts? Let's, let's go. And they're, they're just completely opposite and they're incompatible and there's not going to be any, uh, any, any um, companionship there uh, because they have totally separate ideas and the one is constantly opposed to the other. It's an abomination. Uh, the, the unjust is an abomination to the just and, and the upright is an abomination to, the, uh, to those that want to do evil. And so uh, they're incompatible. And the Bible would say this in Amos 3.3, 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? And certainly you cannot. That's just not going to work. Uh, lest that one would be influenced in one way or the other. And so uh, there's a need to separate uh, from those that are, are not going to do the same thing or go the same direction uh, that, that we are going um, because there's no way that they can be compatible. I went to public school my whole life. Uh, well, except for a couple of years I went to a Christian school, but most of the time I was in public school. And you know what? As a teenager, I, I was raised in church my whole life. But as a teenager, I had friends at school, but they really, they were my friends while I was at school. That was it. I saw them during the day. Uh, I, I would never get together with them outside of school. Why? Because you know what they did on Friday night? Hey, we're all going to Billy's house and we're going to, and, and, and we got somebody, they're going to bring some beer in. Do you want to come over? We're going to have a party. I'm like, no, I'm not going. You know, Friday night at our church, we're having youth group, and I'm heading down to the church. Oh, yeah. Separate directions. 
we weren't compatible. They, they didn't want to do good, and I didn't want to do bad, and, and there was no way that those two things were going to mix or go in the same direction, and so there had to be some separation. We were never close uh, because we walked in completely opposite directions, and so there was no com- camaraderie there. There was real no friendship there. I mean, uh, I would hang around them because they cussed less than the other kids, uh, but, but I mean, really, there wasn't hardly anybody to spend time with in the public school because we didn't we didn't see eye to eye on most of the things we would we didn't follow the same ideas uh, because they were not Christian and uh, and I wasn't rude to them or uh, you know anything of that nature but we just didn't we didn't go this we weren't heading the same direction and that was very apparent in our life and so uh, you may need to consider separation but along that same line let's go back to verse number 10 we have one more verse and it's short and it will be easy but I want us to see this and I think this verse fits in very well and the Bible says in Proverbs 29 to verse number 10 it says the bloodthirsty hate the upright But look at that second phrase, but the just seek his soul. And so while we do need to understand this, what is the bloodthirsty? Oddly enough, in in Proverbs, this is the only place uh, that this verse or that this word shows up in the word of God. It doesn't show up anywhere else. But it basically means uh, cruel and murderous people. And there are people like that. And the Bible says here that the bloodthirsty, in verse number 10, hate the upright. Why do they hate the upright? Because they're an abomination to their way. They're not going in the same direction. They're constantly calling them on the carpet and saying, hey, that's not what you should be doing. Hey, that's not right. And that gets in their way and it gets under their skin. Oh, that do good, goody two shoes. That guy is so annoying. He's always doing right. And man, he never wants to go party with us. And he's always trying to, uh, he thinks he's better than the rest of us. And, and uh, that guy, I mean, they'll, they, they do not like you. And at some point, uh, maybe not all of them, but listen, the road of, of wickedness takes you to a point that, hey, it's bloodthirsty. And, and they will stop at nothing uh, to murder or do other things. I mean, you go back and read uh, Proverbs chapter 1. That's what he's warn, warning his son about. He's saying, listen, it starts out with robbery. It starts out with petty theft. But then, man, they're taking advantage and they're killing other people. And, and that takes place in this world. And he's saying, listen, uh, that we as Christians, hey, we need to be aware that there are people who absolutely hate righteousness and they hate those who do right and there there would be nothing for them to kill people that do what is right but the second part of that phrase is what that verse is what I want us to see he says but the just seek his soul listen though there are people that hate us though there are people who do not like righteousness. It's nothing new. It's been around since the beginning of time. I mean, what was the whole problem with Cain and Abel? Abel did right. Cain didn't like it. And Abel's offering was accepted to God, and Cain's offering was not accepted to God. So what did he do? He killed his brother. That's what he did. And so that's been around since the beginning of time. But God is telling us, listen, uh, don't do unto them as they do unto you, but rather seek the salvation of those who are wicked and those who are lost. 
That's what the second part of that phrase is saying. That verse is saying, he says there in verse number 10, but the just, that would be the people who are upright, that would be the people who seek to do right, the just seek his soul. Though they're hated, we would seek. Though we are hated, we would seek their salvation. Though we may separate from some people, we should never see ourselves as, well, we're better than them. We ought to see them as, Man, that guy needs to be saved. That guy needs the word of God. That guy doesn't like me, but listen, he needs the gospel. He needs to understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for him and that God could change his life and change his ways. And, uh, and so we need to consider uh, not only the speech and consider the sins of fact and consider the separation, but we need to consider the soul of lost people because they're lost. I'm not saying that we should put ourselves in harm's way. But hey, we can pray. We can witness where there's opportunity and we ought, to, we ought to witness. We ought to take opportunity to let them know, hey, that God does love them and God does want to change their life and that God cares about those people. And, uh, and we ought to seek for their soul that they could be saved. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've looked at this many times. And you take, for example, the apostle Paul. Before he was saved, his name was Saul. And what did Saul do? He was rounding up Christians, man. He was throwing them in jail. Matter of fact, I think if he would have had liberty, he would have killed them all. I really think he would have because he was that radical. And some of those guys that are that radical, when they get saved, it's 180 and they become that radical for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You look at the Apostle Paul's life, there was, there was nowhere he wouldn't preach the gospel. He got stoned in one of the villages that he went to, and, and they, they, the disciples thought he was dead. They drug him outside of the city, and they're standing around him thinking, man, where, where are we going to bury Paul? I mean, how are we going to go forward? And all of a sudden, I, I don't know if his, his little finger twitched or what, and they said, eh, He's still alive. And they drug him out of there and, and, and propped him back up and bandaged him back up. And, and the Bible says he went back into that same town and preached the gospel. Why would he do that? Because, man, he was radically against Christians. And when he got saved, he was radically for God. And he said, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord till my last breath. And so don't give up hope on people that maybe seemingly some of the hardest people, hey, listen, God can still save them. God can still change their life. And, uh, and when they do get changed, boy, it's a radical change that takes place. And they become some of the, the, the most dynamic, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just dynamic, but, but involved Christians, zealous Christians, maybe would be a good word for the cause of Christ. And so, uh, listen, Lost people, they're probably not going to like you. But we ought to love them and proclaim Christ unto them. That's what we can see in these verses. All right, let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We ought to consider the soul of the lost. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, your word's just so full of wisdom in all reality. And God, how the speech can so influence us, help us not to fall prey to the speech of other people. God, there's no shortage of people that are willing to utter all their mind. But God, help us to be focused on your word and the wisdom that we find in your word.
God, I pray that you'd help us to consider the effect of sin on the lives of those around us, but then how it can influence us as well. And God, how it can drag us down. And it can afflict our soul. And God, cause us such hardship. And God, may we consider separating from those that are going the wrong direction and not doing right. God, may we not be unconcerned for them because we're commanded then to consider their soul and think about their eternity. But God, so many times we, need, we do need to limit the time we spend with them, but we do need to witness to them as well. God, I pray that you'd give us wisdom in walking with you and following you. And Father, we'll thank you for that. God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. With our heads bowed, eyes closed, as the piano plays, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. to a close and uh, just a couple of announcements real quick um tomorrow night is the ladies paint night so i i think everyone should be signed up so just a reminder that it is tomorrow night the cost of that is 35 dollars. so i just want to make everyone aware of that and then pie and praise is on november 23rd that's tuesday night so next wednesday night uh, we will not have service all right we'll have service on tuesday instead and uh and there'll be desserts and pie and praise and uh, it'll be a good time and if you've not come to that uh, it'll be good make sure you do we ask everyone to bring a dessert all right so that would be helpful it does not have to be a pie uh, but if you could bring a dessert of some sorts one per family that'd be wonderful if you want to bring two or three that'll be okay too uh, but uh, don't bring too many or we'll end up with well, gaining weight all right and so uh, but uh, but we'll look forward to Tuesday night um, next week and then we will be here sunday normal times normal same time same place same everything so we'll be here sunday all right i think that's all the announcements i need to make uh god bless smile at somebody and uh, tell them you're glad to see them here t this evening mm -hmm.